This month on Now We Know. This episode sparked from watching Self Made on Netflix, a docuseries about Madam C.J. Walker, named the first Black millionaire, has left Jonathan and me with more side eyes about history than we normally have. What does it really mean to be self-made? How did Madam C.J. Walker become dubbed the first self-made Black millionaire when others came before her? I think that the reason why Madam C.J. Walker is kind of pushed out first, obviously because she didn't have the struggles that the previous millionaires had when it came to violence and when it came to being targeted by people. She was somehow in a safe space. But I think also her story works so well. She wasn't supposed to win. You know, she's fat, she's dark, she's black, she's a woman. Like, how dare she? How do we obtain that level of wealth for our own and future generations? Were we given the correct tools or were they purposely kept from us? Like that probably would have been good to know. Having my first jobs, um, some small things like that. So this just automatically gets put away because if you see the money, then you're like, oh, I have money, right? And this is disposable money. If you just have it taken out already and maybe invested without having to see it, I think people look at that differently. Hey y'all, welcome back. I'm Donna Green. And I'm Jonathan Stoke. And this is Now We Know, the monthly podcast where we are unpacking and repacking our Black history as we relate it to the world of today. We're here to learn and grow together as a community with the intention of bringing awareness to better our futures. Oh my gosh, I have to tell you something. Oh, oh I'm listening. Yes, so um, I'm leaving... Oh my God. Look, that should not be the reaction, but like, <laughs> okay, what's going on? Yeah. So, um, my old boss about a month ago, uh, probably if a month before I even left for Spain, he, um, he and I used to like grab coffee just to catch up and, you know, whatever. And so I, uh, messaged him because it had been a while, like over a year and a half and something happened over the pandemic and it just, it was just a bad time. And so um, I'm like, hey, like, what's going on? Um, I'd love to get coffee and catch up. So we um, we slate a time to catch up after I get back. And um, we're just, you know, chatting and whatever. And then all of a sudden, he's like, so we're looking for a director of sales. And I want to pitch you the job. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Tell me more. Like, because I come back from Spain. I was like, fucking. It's like, I don't want right. to deal with this, you know? <laughs> uh, and it just was like mess after mess. And so I was like, okay, yeah, like I am interested to learn more. Um, and anyway, he he had, um, he and the general manager of the hotel, it kept me like top of mind, I guess. Um, you know, they always had the door open if I wanted to roll um, or wanted to come back and stuff in here. They're like, yeah, like we want you back and I, we want you to take this director of sales role. And, um, so I just was so flattered and, uh, yeah, I met with the GM the next day, which I worked with them before, you know, so it was just kind of like catch up, you know, coffee, whatever. And then I had an offer, uh, two days later. Um, Look at this. Yeah. Abundance. This yeah. is beautiful. Donna. Yeah. Donna. Yes. This is amazing. <laughs> like not to get uh woo woo and and uh, let's woo woo ish but like you went through a lot 
mm. recently. And this is like, this is light at the end of a tunnel. Like this yeah. is, you're walking into the light. This is I, amazing. Yes. I feel the sunshine on my face kind of. Oh my gosh. Out of that tunnel. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a title that I haven't held before and it's a good title that'll help me in my career for future. Obviously there's a pay increase. Um, like overall, like this will be really good for me. And yeah. um, I just, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Oh. I'm so excited. Well, awesome. Cheers to that. Yeah. My coconut water. <laughs> my regular water. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think it's actually bad luck to cheers. So I'll burn some sage or something. After, but <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. You. Yeah, that's great news. That's great news. There is there is an exodus, you know, yeah. and like yeah. it's always on to a good thing. Wow, out of that water, congratulations! That is awesome. Yes. I also have to tell you, mm-hmm. um, things over here are also on the up and up, not career wise or anything like that, but brain wise and body wise. Yeah. Um, I started new brain drugs. So oh, okay. <laughs> notice I'm a little bit more focused. Um, it's okay. been a rough go kind of like up and down adjusting kind of irritable, whatever, but I'm really excited about that. Like I'm really excited about what can come um from this adjustment and because of this I can't drink at all which led me into you know what I don't need a drink I've had all the drinks I need um and I just want to be healthy so now I'm also cutting carbs and just trying to and I'm working out hence my little workout shirt I'm like yeah we're just we're doing a new thing, you know, like we're just doing a new thing. I know what it feels like to do the other thing and like I don't want that. I want, yeah. I want to be here for a long time. Well, what a good way to start the combo. I know. I know. Going on and on, but I'm glad we're doing well. <laughs> yeah, I am glad too. That makes me happy that both of it. Yeah. Like that anyone, you know, but like, I'm, I'm really glad um, that we're both doing well. This episode sparked from watching Self-Made on Netflix, a docuseries about Madam C.J. Walker, named the first Black millionaire, has left Jonathan and me with more side-eyes about history than we normally have. What does it really mean to be self-made? How did Madam C.J. Walker become dubbed the first self-made Black millionaire when others came before her? How do we obtain that level of wealth for our own and future generations? Were we given the correct tools or were they purposely kept from us? the show had you seen it before yeah like, yeah it, okay I, I felt like it came out right during the beginning of the pandemic I guess I can check the the year that it came out um but that uh I know there's a lot of discussions about self-made at that point um because people were like uh what did they say I guess along this same point of even us doing this podcast episode is Madam C.J. Walker didn't do it first because Annie, while light-skinned Black woman, she is a Black woman, you know? Yeah. Um, And so it's not that, like, that Madam C.J. Walker really did it first. So why is that? I don't want to, I'm going to say it and I'm going to regret it. Reverse colorism. (laughs) Look. (laughs) You know what I mean? I know we we can't say there is is reverse, you know, racism. But, like, (laughs) still, like, that's, that's kind of part of it. So, yeah, it came out in 2020. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Okay. So I did not watch it when it first came out. I only watched it in preparation for this conversation. And um, I don't know if it's necessarily 
for me because it seemed like it was maybe teaching about colorism and futurism and texturism to people who otherwise would not have understood that. Yeah. Um, I have, my mom is of a family of uh, five kids and she is the lightest of the sisters and was uh, best friends with her sister who is the darkest of the Mm -hmm. sisters. So um, when I was first adopted, um, we lived together for the first three years. And because of that bond, like you know, I had my my mom and then my aunt mom, you mm-hmm. know, and growing up just hearing the differences in their experiences, especially in high school, especially as young adults, I had more of an understanding of that cultural divide of light skin, dark skin. And I feel like this show was doing a lot of work to try to explain that to the audience where to me, that was iceberg lettuce when I wanted romaine. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, <laughs> like that's great. I know yeah. it's technically a salad, but like, <laughs> I'm hungry. Well, um, well, we did talk about it before even. Um, yeah. Was it? It was like last year we did our episode on colorism and hair, and this is similar in that sense of having mm-hmm. the differences um, being brought to the forefront, and both mm-hmm. in this instance with colorism and hair. Uh, with, you know, Annie Malone, her being light skin, a light skin black woman and with, you know, that finer textured hair. And then you have Madam CJ Walker, who is a darker skin black woman, um, even heavier set. I get, I mean, we mm-hmm. didn't exactly mm-hmm. talk about sizes, anything, but that's part of that too, in my mind. Um, yeah. You know, that sort of stigma. And then also the texture of her hair, right? So yep. Madam CJ Walker goes to Addie and she's like, hey, I need some help with my hair. I need that hair grow cream. Um, and then all of a sudden it's working for her after two years. And then she you know, launches into her own. Yeah. And that apparently was true in real life, mm-hmm. which is great. But I don't think the feud got, I don't think that the there was a feud. If there was an exchange of words, which I did read something that maybe they they fell out, but it wasn't about desirability you know, at all. It was probably about business. But the bigger question that I think we have from it is, again, back to why is it that Madam C.J. Walker has been the namesake of being the first Black millionaire, right? Um, When there were people that came before her um, that we know from even watching this documentary, um, and then also in like other industries. So there's this article on salon.com um, by Shamari Wills, who said the actual first black millionaires lived during the antebellum and reconstruction eras, just before and after the civil war, a time where black codes and free states and the Fugitive Slave Act made being high profile, wealthy and black dangerous. So to me, that says it's you know part of the survival, like, you want to be able to make a living, you know, be wealthy, let's say, or, you know, enjoy what you're doing and and see the fruits of your labor, but also you need to be able to almost hide it in a sense um, Mm. because you don't want people to attack you. Just like we saw, you know, the race riots that um, happened, um, that's part of that and ripping away the wealth from black people and, and targeting them like, oh, you shouldn't be, doing so well. Whereas I think why we learn so much more or why it stuck so much um, 
stuck harder with Madam C.J. Walker is because she was a lot more out there with Mm -hmm. her wealth and what she was doing and building and um, a little bit more bodacious or, you know, kind of outward expression of the wealthy things that she accumulated for herself through her business. Yeah, she liked she liked the nice things. She the liked flangy. the pretty dress and she liked the fun party and mm-hmm. she liked the she obviously liked the business and having it grow and she was steadfast. Um and originally when you brought forth that article I thought dang it are we going to run into a moment of us kind of discrediting CJ Walker or you know Madam CJ Walker. Just like we did Claudette but, Colvin and Rosa Parks. <laughs> I thought I was about nervous that. about I was nervous about that, but I think that the reason why Madam C.J. Walker is kind of pushed out first, obviously because she didn't have the struggles that the previous millionaires had Mm -hmm. when it came to violence and when it came to being targeted by people. She was somehow in a safe space, but I think also her story works so well. She wasn't supposed to win. You know, she's fat, she's dark, she's black, she's a woman, like how dare she, Mm -hmm. you know? And she did it. And that's amazing. And that's why that story stands out as it's almost a Cinderella story. It's what you want to see. It gives you hope. And so when it comes to the, the promise of the American dream, to say that she did it means that the rest of us could do it. Yeah. You know, I think that I think that's why she gets put out there as, you know, erase the first self-made black female part of the millionaire. Yeah. And they just say she's the first, you know, black millionaire, which is not true. And it's cool that she got there from making a product and selling her name, mm-hmm. essentially, because some of the earlier millionaires were investing and that's how they got rich Mm -hmm. you know it wasn't really about look at me I'm the personality I'm the salesperson which you know I I obviously am not someone who grew up in these conditions but I feel like Madam C.J. Walker's risk-taking was another thing Mm -hmm. that really made it successful it's like oh she's really out here doing it because you can invest and no one ever see your face yeah that's true put more of a face to the name um to help people and inspire them a bit further yeah yeah she's a star yeah (laughs) Yeah. part of what madam cj walker was doing was you know being so you know i don't want to call it outlandish but more um spending more and showing it and being having that lavish lifestyle Whereas we have other first black millionaires, like for real first black millionaires who were more quiet, like you mentioned, you know, they're investing their money and they're kind of not having that face to it. So how does that even translate to our today world and how we look at money, um, maybe in the black community and uh, even in our modern households or how we grew up? Do you have any strong memories of wealth conversations, money management conversations or experiences growing up? Did you have a did you have a an allowance? So yes, I did have an allowance. Um I don't even remember what it was. I really want to say maybe it was 20 bucks a week or if if that, like maybe not. Um but there were different like chores that I would have um that I would have to do. Or oftentimes I would go and, you know, spend time with my dad. So he has a photography business that he's had for 
well before I was born. And um, so if I would go help him with some of like the kids sports action things that he did, or um, he would pay me for that, or if I would mow the lawn, um, you know, just random things. That's how I kind of made money. And I do remember, I wish this, I wish this was emphasized more. Um, and as Gray gets older, like he understands money, but not how to like save it yet. Like I'll, we'll start to incorporate those conversations here probably soon. He's going to be five this year. But, um, I remember my dad had, um, he bought us this, like, I feel like it was like a rectangular sort of piggy, not piggy bank, but like a savings bank thing. And so there was one slot for savings, one slot for spending, and then another slot, maybe it was for investing or so I don't remember, but obviously there wasn't a whole lot of money getting put into it. Right. And so, um, there was some, um, importance put onto money and stuff, but it didn't, not that it didn't totally sink in, but maybe not to the degree of which I wanted to, for my son, for when he's my age, or even when he is, you know, 16, 17, 18, um, getting into the world. I want him to have a different sort of foundation set in understanding money um, and what to do with it before then, like, and have some, like, and have some cash to, to go to um, and know how to use it. Yeah. Did you feel like you knew how to use it after, you know, having that experience with earning it? And did you learn how to save it? No, I, yes, but no. I mean, I feel like it was more like you need to have a savings account. You need to have a bank, you know, but it wasn't like, this is how you do it. Um, like now what I have set up is, you know, I have my, obviously, you know, for my checks that goes into my checking account, but then I have, you know, parts that go into my 401k and my Roth IRA and all those things. Um, and that just comes out, right? Like that probably would have been good to know when I'm getting, you know, having my first jobs, um, some small things like that. So this just automatically gets put away because if you see the money, then you're like, oh, I have money, right? And this <laughs> is disposable money. Um, so I'm going to spend it. But then if you just have it taken out already and maybe invested, um, in different ways without having to see it. I think people look at that differently. Uh, and the way that, you know, I have it set up with my checking account and then I have some, you know, the different accounts that I have it go into, but then I have an account for my son that, you know, gets 50 bucks every paycheck and my ex-husband has the same thing. So Gray's getting 200 bucks a month and then, you know, interest on that. So by the time he's, 18 or can really even understand it's like all right we can talk about this like you know how you can use this um etc um so he's actually set up and not like done in real time again i mm. should say my parents obviously did you know everything that could da, da, da. yes i love you very much i appreciate it blah, yeah, blah, yeah, you know yeah. all the things <laughs> yes. but um in terms of having something that's so tangible it's that's just a different story so that's really important to me to pass on to my son that's awesome. Yeah. That is, I'm, I'm jealous. I want to be four and I want, <laughs> I want that to go down. My experience was a little different. Like I, I 
never grew up wanting for stuff and yeah. I never grew up thinking that we were poor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if we were, I always felt middle-class, you know, always with a fine recent working car, the house was fine. Mm-hmm. Fridge was full, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't know if, I don't know if my mom really had uh, education on money management. Mm-hmm. And she was a single mom, mm-hmm. um, which made things different. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> like all of her money was mine, <laughs> you yeah, know, whether yeah. I, whether it was going in my stomach or on my body, yeah. it was mine. Um, so I did not have a, an allowance and I never had that experience growing up where I could just like run to the mall when, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It was always a big conversation about what do you want to buy? You know, yeah. why do you want to go? Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about this before recording about some money experiences growing up. And I was, I was zoning in on the cafeteria. That was so big in high school for me um, that on Monday, I think my mom would give me like 25 bucks or something like mm. that. I was like, okay, cool. So I was eating good Monday yeah. through Wednesday, but Thursday through Friday, <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> hey, wait, I had $25. <laughs> What's going on? You know, and unfortunately it was just a trend. It was like, okay, I'm going to get another $25 and I'm going to just try to spread it out. And sometimes I'd be better and sometimes I'd be worse, but feeding myself on that Friday was always a struggle. Mm. And then when I get to adulthood, when I finally moved out and I first moved out with a roommate was when I had my real money management training grounds. Cause I was like, Oh, I can't not feel like paying this because like, it'll be turned off. And, and, you know, we have another person here whose credit is at stake and all this kind of stuff. So I don't think I learned about money management until my early twenties. And even now I think I'm just now getting a, a handle on it and I'm not handling it at a place where I want to, like, I want to be a Rockefeller, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I want to know all these different places I should be investing. And I want to know all these ways I can grow it and all this stuff, but it is Monday through Wednesday in my mind often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I got it now. <laughs> so I'm going to now, you know? Yeah. So it, and that's such a dangerous learn. place to be. That's really, yeah. I forget. It's nice to be in a better place, yeah, like because it's it's me and I don't have a mouth to feed and all this stuff. And yeah, you know, we're fine, but it is a mind thing, it's a it's a mental thing. Like, it money to me, kind of like what you said earlier, is low key imaginary. Like, I know that it's here, but it's still this thing that can you know can either open a door or uh feed me right now you know and it's like i'm probably going for the food well that's part of it too again like if you don't see it ever and it just goes into an account or goes into you know those different investment um avenues like it doesn't matter i mean it does but like you you it's not tangible it's not like Mm -hmm. disposable money for you so you don't need it um, and I, I mean, I have like spreadsheets and stuff and I like do all the things. And, um, so I have myself set up in a way where it's comfortable. Um, but it, I mean, it took some time to yeah. kind of learn, um, by trial and error or like the only time that I set up, um, what was like, or even really started to learn about or 401k and stuff like that was because you're in the workforce and they're like, do you want to sign up for our benefits program? You're what? 
you know, so yes. like, <laughs> I remember that so vividly. Yeah. Being 19, they were like, okay, so what box are you checking? I'm like, why would I check a box? I want right. all the money. But then that's the thing. Like <laughs> when I was in, I mean, I'll say this, I've always worked somehow. Like I've always made mm-hmm. money somehow. Again, helping my dad or doing chores or even like walking neighborhood dogs or whatever. Like I was doing something. Um, so mm-hmm. I would have a little bit of money to spend. Um I remember when mom would give me money for, uh, for lunch that kind of brought me back when you mentioned your, your lunch story. Um, I, gosh, I was such a menace when I was in middle school. I, it's a, again, another story for another time, but, um, I think I was given like $2 and 50 cents a day for lunch. Um, I don't even remember what I could get for it, but just two fifty a day. And I remember if I could, um, just buy two orders of fries of like French fries, that was like a dollar 85, then I could save that 65 cents every day. And I was going to get out of the house. Like I was going to be able to save my way out of the house wow. 65 cents a day. Wow. Obviously wow. that was not happening. I just, anyway. Um, but yeah, I was living off of, uh, <laughs> double fries instead of having any protein or anything in middle school because I told myself I was gonna run away and like make a, I don't even know with your money bag yeah with my but I get it a day. I, and that I think that is a, a wonderful way to think about it because you were thinking about future you I I didn't start thinking about future me until my early 20s you wow, know yeah like I really didn't. I just thought it was immediate and you have it and you spend it. Yeah. And I mean, there's another thing. I'm I'm glad I dodged this bullet, but the credit card oh, bullet that yeah. hits you at 16 mm-hmm. or 18, maybe. Probably 18. I never like my mom was good about that. She was like, every dollar you spend on a credit card is two dollars. <laughs> and then it turns into four and then it turns yeah. into eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, no worries. <laughs> I won't need to do that. Um, but that's another way that people get really mm-hmm. caught up. You know, they have an instant way to get what they need right now. Um, what is that? What do they call those places? Cash loan, whatever, where they have, oh, where you can get the cash advance. Um, and pay, yeah, cash, cash advance, payday advance or payday, yeah, something and, like that. Yeah. Because that, because they know that people are entering this, and it's usually going to be younger people are entering the world with the same thought that I had, like eat good Monday through Wednesday, suffer Thursday, Friday, you can do it because Monday will be around and it'll be fine. Mm. You know, like that is the mentality. Then people get into this, I need $500 right now for whatever I need it for. And that $500 (laughs) turns into $3,500 and they didn't even have $500 before. How are they going to get $3,500? You know, and it's like, they're not thinking and they know that. And it's so, it's so sad. And it's just like, I wish that there was more education on wealth in the black community. Um, maybe I'm thinking, maybe I'm thinking more like nineties. Cause that's when I was a kid. I think it's probably good now, you know, well, or better now. I better probably, um, because again, I, I've said this so many times is just our generation having kids, um, and wanting our kids to have more knowledge around that, or like how to do your taxes, how to invest, what's a 401k, what's an Roth IRA, what's the Roth B something like all just all that stuff that is 
that those are things that our kids will learn um, in addition yeah. to everything else that maybe we feel we weren't prepared for because they need to know. And then just like we have, you know, the account set up for Gray, um, I'm sure other parents hopefully have something of the same. And so that way, when their kids are older, um, I guess this kind of goes into the self-made or, you know, is it handed to you? Are we handing mm. them some things? Maybe, uh, <laughs> but uh, at least my ex-husband and I, we determined like, we're not telling him about that account. We're not telling Gray mm. how much money he has in this account um, until we, or not even how much money, just even that it exists until he feels, um, until we feel like he is mature enough um, to be able to handle that money because I'm not handing a, an 18 year old, you know, whatever amount of money that's going to be in that account. I don't even know how much is going to be in it by the time he's 18, but it's going to be even a lot. 23 year old. Oh that's God. a lot of money. It's terrifying. It's yeah. a lot. So yeah. I need to make sure that he has a plan with it. Um, and maybe that's buying a house. Maybe that's paying for his education, like some of those responsible things, whatever he wants to do that is responsible, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. like in a good investment and not just like willy nilly play money. Um, right. So yeah, we want to make sure that he, he gets it, but that he's using it wisely and is of a sound enough mindset and mature enough to be able to handle that kind of cash or that, you know, that kind of money when the time comes. Yeah. And which is really just handling responsibilities. Yeah. You know, like there's so much that comes with handing over a dollar sometimes. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. I'm excited about, I mean, let's not rush his growth. But I mean, <laughs> I'm like, I can hardly believe he's going to be five. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm excited to hear that um, there are these systems set up because God, I would have loved to be whatever, 25 and find out that there's, surprise saved money and now you can go out and you know aggressively approach the world with mm -hmm. opportunity because that's another thing is that wealth is opportunity wealth is stress relief mm -hmm. and you don't buy happiness but buy things that make you happy you know and like buy your way through situations having money and ha having means definitely helps like and Absolutely. that is a privilege um and it so really, am yeah. i raising and not a privileged child, but like, I don't want him to ever want or need for anything. Um, and he won't, but it is coming from a place of privilege to be able to invest. And that is a really hard thing to, um, and I'm not like, a, obviously I'm not a scholar on like anything, but I know that that's been a tough concept for, um, black and Brown communities. Like, you have that money and maybe you want to spend it just, Oh my gosh, what it's going to be a Kanye quote. I'm not going to do that right now, mm -hmm. but basically, like, <laughs> um, you know, you get this money and then you're spending it on those air force ones or whatever new Jordans or, um, a bag or, you know, pants or like, I, you need pants, but you know what I'm saying? Like on the, like more expensive things, but instead mm -hmm. of maybe investing that or spending it to help you get to a better place, um, if that's where you want to be, I guess. But I'm sure like if you're living paycheck to paycheck, that's not comfortable. But instead of spending so much on one small item, maybe finding a way to invest it and make that money, make money for you would be a better way um, to go about it if you want to get out yeah. of whatever situation that you're in. And yeah. that wealth education in the black community um, is 
is lacking. Um, yeah. Yeah. Purposely so. <laughs> and yeah. I think it's being reversed slowly but surely. Yeah. Um, I thought of a question mm-hmm. here. Um, do you have any money management advice for younger Donna? Get a full meal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, for real. No. Uh, <laughs> gosh, younger Donna. Um, I'd say in my 20s, I did. I didn't fall for the university credit card schemes. Not schemes, but Ooh, but. Yeah. Um, a friend of actually a roommate. She worked for State Farm. Um, for her dad, and she sold me into getting a credit card. It must have been. I must have been 19 or something, something like that. And uh, so she had me sign up for a credit card because it gave her like a $10 bonus of sorts. And um, I think my limit was like $300, you know, something, Mm -hmm. which was a lot of money when you're in college, like $300 is a lot of money. It goes far. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I know I use it. I don't remember everything that I used it for, but I was aware and conscious of this is still something that I need to, will need to pay off. Um, and so I probably would tell my younger self not to do it. Um, and although, mm-hmm. you know, again, I was working still, it wasn't something that I really needed. Um, but like, when you're in college, you're kind of expected to live paycheck to paycheck for whatever odds and ends jobs that you're doing, which is certainly what I did. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I didn't need the, the credit card because it, it's like a crutch, right? Like, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's not my checking account. So I'll just put it on credit card, you know, like, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's just not a good place to be. Um, and so that's, and that's not something that I want to have is like a ton of credit card debt. Um, and frankly, I just got out of some from, um, when I bought my house, like there was stuff like that I needed that I didn't have the cash for, which I know is not the most responsible thing, but I really like wanted to get out of my rental situation and like purchase my home and like, just be in my, create my happy place, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. um, it was like the refrigerator that I needed, duh, I need a refrigerator, my washer and dryer definitely need that. Um, I needed a roof repair. So like, there were like these massive things that I needed to get done that I didn't have the cash for. And I popped it on a credit card and I hated that though. Like I did not like having such a balance on my credit card. Mm. I'm like, I don't care what the limit is. I don't like that. And um, mm-hmm. so I just paid that off a few months ago and that felt so much better. I was like, I'm free, but um, <laughs> it just, I don't, I don't like that feeling. So um, I want to make sure that I'm not going back to a place of, of that, you know, like mm-hmm. I paid off my car at the end of last year, um, paid off my credit card a couple months ago and now it's the house, but it's a house, right? It's totally different. Yeah, it's a house. And then I have student loans, um, which will, I'll be able to like double up on essentially um, to make those go down faster. Cause I don't want to, again, I just don't want to have a, a life of debt um, yeah. outside of a house. I'm fine with that. Not fine with it, but it's not as bad. If you're listening, Joe, we're waiting um, on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also very responsible. Like I think it, we, I related to so much of what you just said here. Cause I was thinking about what I would, say to myself and I always grew up um a very thrifty frugal person 
So younger self, continue to fear debt. It's <laughs> going to work out great for you. Just continue to be afraid that you owe money to people. But I do want to say like charge for your services. Mm-hmm. I used to do so many creative things like full, full fo- family photo shoots, family photo shoots that are framed on people's walls. Like, mm-hmm charge for it like make your money earn money outside of a formal clock in clock out job Mm -hmm. it's okay and it's okay that it's art but charge for it you know and yes Mm -hmm. have a side gig make that extra money because thursday and friday doesn't have to be a struggle you know how many weeks i would spend with like 15 cents in my account or negative Mm -hmm. you know like and when you go negative younger self you have to pay more. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't just because you can don't, you know, don't, I used to get paid every Friday at my old job. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was 19, whatever. And it's like, well, money's coming on Friday. So, you know, at midnight, let's go out, (laughs) you know, no, don't just leave it. Just leave it. You know, I, I wish that I, um, I just wish that, I had the the patience to or the ability to decline social stuff mm. in the times when I knew I needed to be responsible because for the most part I'm very like responsible and I assess my risk but there was that period of time when you're young and you have to be out and yeah you have to have a different outfit because you went out last week yeah. and there was a photo booth and they saw you girl <laughs> so you gotta buy a new, you know like all these things boo that like yeah. boo that just keep with the the things that you think and don't be influenced by the other people around you that say that you have to be there and have to do this thing yeah. and you'll be good That's and charge scary. them yes, <laughs> anyway have a side gig um yeah <laughs> uh i don't remember where this statistic came from but um, there was some sort of like wealth analysis done and um i mean this goes back to the 30 acres and a mule and all the things and you know oh, da, 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 blah. Um, mm-hmm. and um how wealth has been you know stripped from our communities and um very literally and in you know more figurative ways and so they were saying by like 2050 um the net worth of um black americans will be zero mm. and so they're saying if we continue the trend um well if we continue the trend which is improving but that's the thing it's improving and in 2050 we'll be at net zero of you know which is sad because that means it's a a net lot of negative right now so it's like yeah and i don't so much work yeah (laughs) Um, so, you know, having the conversations and my aunt, she's, she's really good about this. She's the one who I turned to, um, well, how did, I don't remember how it came up, but at some point I was talking to her about, you know, what to pick for my 401k and like where my investments go based upon, you know, what the company that I was working for at the time, you know, who they had lined up and stuff. And so, um, she was like, no, like you need to change like every whatever the sort of, um, period is where you can change your investments. Um, Mm -hmm. just like, let's say it's six months or something, maybe it's not, whatever it is, just change it, see what's producing, see what's not like, how's market going da da da, and like really look at it. And, um, so she's who I first really turned to in, in looking at what those investments look like. 
um, mm. for, again, through the 401k, I know people will do it outside of, um, work like, and I'll have, I have like a couple accounts too, where it'll be something as simple as like acorns where you like round up, um, or like, there's some other sort of apps and things like that where you can like invest. And this is like BB investing, you know, it's not like, uh, well, I the high dollar ones. Yeah. <laughs> but it's something still better than nothing. And when you it forget about it, it's, it, you know, it can add up and be like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. One of those, I feel like one of those apps kind of saved my life. I don't want it to be an ad, but, um, again, like being, being frugal, but also not really, um, making a lot mm. and kind of live, living large, yeah. you know, um, needed some help. And I used mint, uh, back when it first came out yeah. and it I laid it out for me in a way that I could really understand. So I think that if you are, if you're listening and you're struggling, just get one of the apps. They're free. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you don't need to be swindled into having a, um, what are they like the money management people, you know, everybody's first job out of college is trying to get 100 people. to uh. come. <laughs> No, download mint, look at your money. It gives you notifications. Really helps. It really helps. Yeah. Or something like it. Yeah. So part of investing money into black and brown communities is I talk about it a lot is, you know, the products that we buy. Right. So that could also um, be a different way to do it and a, of investing sort of in the community. Maybe it's not directly to yourself, um, but that can help other people uh, like that coffee company um, black and bold. They, if it's like 5% of their proceeds goes back into um, their communities or like local communities of the founders um, to help the kids. And so that is a way of investing into the community and kind of investing into, um, into people. It's not money, but sometimes the non-monetary investments of your time and your energy um, can also be just as fruitful for those around you. So how are you spending your time? How are you spending your money? And how are you spending your energy? Are they being invested in the way that you want them to be a great return? Yeah. And are you investing in future Madam CJ Walkers out there? Yeah. You know, are there, are there uh, Black creatives who are creating stuff that you are wholeheartedly supporting? Like, are we going to have another you know, mm -hmm. is that what we're trying to build here? Um, I feel like sometimes I am. I feel like um, I feel like in the most recent years, it's it's been it's been highlighted and and not force fed. That's the wrong word, but it's been um, emphasized. It's been emphasized yeah. <laughs> that supporting black businesses is much more important now yeah. than it had been before right. because of where we know black wealth is landing right now, yeah. you know, and how much of an uphill battle we have. So we have a few breakthrough cases, mostly in entertainment. We have, you know, Rihanna and Jay-Z billionaires. That's lovely. But then we have people who are starting businesses and maybe they're selling soap and yeah. clothes and things like that. And it's like, that was Madam CJ Walker. She yeah. was just selling hair stuff. So right. do we invest in that? Um, and if we don't, why don't we? Yeah. Sometimes it's accessibility, you know, or just even knowing 
So spreading the word about those products or services that resonate with you, that's from a black owner or, you know, a black creative or what that black mind, (laughs) that's where we spend, um, that's where we should spend more of our dollars to help the community. But then also, you know, make sure that if you can do it for yourself, if you have that disposable income, which again, can be a privilege invest that back into yourself to create a better future for you and yours amen well i am out of words to say okay (laughs) same (laughs) we'll see you later all right okay bye We appreciate y'all for joining us each and every month. If you think that more people can benefit from this conversation, please be sure to share the podcast with a friend or family member. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to Now We Know wherever you listen. You can find me on Instagram at Donna Janine, or if you want to drop us a note, any feedback, or maybe suggestions on people that you'd like us to cover, send us an email at realrelatablepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.